0: You know, get strong and you know prepare for this moment now that we're in. You know, it's about to be the first practice today, so I'm excited.
1: That's Kawhi Leonard. He's excited. PK, not the hey. most excitable guy, but he's one of the best players in the league, and I'm they got a funny re- guy. They, uh, uh, yeah, right. Uh, uh, they got a real shot at winning a title. Good. Rockets guard Russell Westbrook announced on social media he tested positive for COVID-19 before the team left for Orlando. That's why he didn't travel with the team. Uh, James Harden didn't travel. Luka Mbamute also didn't travel. Their status unknown. They haven't spoken out, but Westbrook says he'll be there soon. And Mike D'Antoni says he'll be there soon. So the Rockets have that going for him, which is yeah. nice.
2: Well, Westbrook said, I'm currently feeling well.
1: Sacramento King Center and a Rockets forward. Uh, both broke quarantine. So now they get to quarantine some more. Why do you walk out of your room? You're not supposed to be walking out of your room. Now you get or bonus time in your the room. the line that you're not supposed to cross? Well, you're picking up food. And this passes for news these days. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NFL.
2: How many Super Bowls would you think he'll win before the end of that contract? i give him three. Three more or three total? i give him three more. They're not getting them
0: all in a row, but they'll be spread out.
1: That's Chris Broussard with the Chargers cornerback Chris Harris. Three more Super Bowls for Pat Mahomes. That puts you right into legendary uh, territory. Doesn't catch Brady, but it would tie him with Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw. That's Pretty elevated company right there.
2: Yeah, it's a path that looks like he's on.
1: And I think I'd take the under on that. And I, and I love Mahomes, but it just seems like so many things can go wrong with a team. Cap issues, how long does Andy Reid coach, health of the players around you. He's only 24, though. Yeah, and he's got one already. Tennessee Titans and star running back Derrick Henry are not expected to come to terms on a long-term deal. So, play to the franchise tag, make $10.2 million. Led the league with 16 touchdowns and 1,500 yards. Seems like those numbers are hard for running backs to repeat. Those are awesome numbers. But you have paid on those numbers long-term, and it's hard to sustain that kind of stuff. I get why the Titans are drawing a hard line there.
2: Well, if I'm Henry, I draw a hard line too and try to get as much money as I possibly could because I wonder if we'll be talking about him in two years.
1: The Oakley Mouth Shield, designed in collaboration with doctors and engineers to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus on the field of play, is expected to be distributed to all 32 teams over the next week. J.J. Watt already says he doesn't like it. And they are worried the players are going to feel claustrophobic with it. So... But it's going to get a test drive here coming up as uh, camp's open. See if uh, if players will play with it.
2: Yeah, well, it's interesting that J.J. Watt doesn't like it and not some dude who's trying to make a roster.
1: (laughs) Dude trying to make a roster is like, hey, thanks. (laughs) J.J. Watt, wait a minute. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag
0: college football.
1: Well, BYU announced last night they're going to postpone their annual football media day. It was going to be a virtual media day, all electronic this year. It was set for next Monday, but they've canceled it, and really not surprising, PK, they've had five games canceled by the Big Ten and the Pac-12. We got lots of questions, and they don't have a lot of answers right now, so...
2: Well, they postponed it. They didn't cancel it.
1: Yes, you're right. Postponed. When they have answers, then it'll be more fun to ask the
2: questions. Well, it's just who they're going to play. And right now they're trying to line up games, see what the Big 12 and the SEC are going to do. So they've really got to wait for them.
1: There are uh, several possibilities out there for the first three weeks. They got that game at the end of the year with Stanford. Looks like Notre Dame might be free that weekend. I don't know if anybody in the ACC will be taking a bye that week. ACC may pick them up with some games. That would seem logical. Uh, Georgia quarterback JT Daniels has received a waiver to play immediately for the Bulldogs after transferring from USC in May uh, they've got five scholarship quarterbacks uh, Wake Forest graduate transfer Jamie Newman uh, will compete to be the bulldog starter so PK it seems like we're getting we're, we're seeing more and more waivers here
2: And I think that's important, yeah. So they didn't necessarily pass that one-time deal. That remains out in the future. But we know we've got two here, Jason Shelley. Shelley yesterday they announced, and then here with Daniels. And I think it should be that way because, as we said with Shelley, I said it on television Sunday, that nothing that the U of U wants or has or needs is getting in the way of Shelley being able to be eligible. So it should be in that respect. And especially with Daniels, because he had to redshirt via injury. Now, Shelley, if I remember correctly, he just redshirted as an incoming freshman. But we know Daniels ended up using last year would have been a redshirt because he got hurt in the first uh, quarter of the first game, right? So obviously they would have given you that redshirt. So because you didn't play at all last year, why, why have to sit out this year? And you're going to a program that has zero effect on USC, maybe you'll meet them down the line in a potential playoff game at that point. But, you know, you'll take your chances and be pretty stoked that you got that far if it came to that. But other than that, you know, they really have no effect on each other. So, allow the kid to be eligible. I think this is the way to go and I want to see it more and more.
1: I was talking with Scotty G about this yesterday in between shows and uh He said, talking to a couple of coaches, it's uh, with the NCAA. It's basically you get a waiver, you get a waiver. It's the old Oprah gift there, you know, when she's giving away cars all the time. So it it does seem like this is uh, this is going to be the way it is going forward until they get just give out waivers until you pass the rule and make it permanent. It seems how things are trending. Navy AD Chet Gladchuck says he's determined to play the Army-Navy game, if at all possible. He says, if there's only one game we're going to play, it's the Army-Navy game, unless the pandemic is such at the time we're precluded by the city of Philadelphia to play that game. We have every intention of playing Army-Navy. So, put all the eggs in one basket if you have to. Quarantine guys for a time leading up to the game, but it sounds like he really wants to play that one, and with all the tradition, I guess we shouldn't be surprised.
2: Well, everyone wants to really play everyone. I guess that somehow is recognized as different or more special or whatever you want to say, and that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. I always feel like I need to watch at least some of that game just for patriotic reasons, and I and I know and now geez, I probably ruined somebody's day because I said patriotic, so I, I understand that, but that's the way I feel.
1: Speaking of patriotic, the Patriot League. Followed the Ivy League. They pushed their fall sports to the spring. So they're going to delay there. And so did the NJCAA. They pushed their fall, contact, their fall contact sports. And so Snow Calls will be playing football. And some of uh, Salt Lake Community College's teams will be impacted, too. That Men's and women's soccer had their stuff pushed to the spring. So they're going to hold on and wait for a few months and see if things get better. They're going to delay basketball until January, too. Start that there. University of Texas is going to take the uh, name of Longhorns legend Joe Jamail off the field at the at the stadium there and replace it with the names of the Heisman Trophy winners Earl Campbell and Ricky Williams. Jamail's family uh, all about this. They offered to uh, make this part of the sweeping changes there at the University of Texas. Don't like the tone and tenor of talk in the country and want to honor the Longhorns legends. Paul, the uh, They've got the uh, the Heisman Trophy, PK. Heisman Trophy winning running back, so they'll get to honor
0: them on the field. Great, DJ and PK. #Hashtag Major League Baseball.
1: Brian Urlacher, Hall of Famer, Chief Star Tight End Travis Kelsey, among a group of investors who've joined Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez in a bid to buy the New York Mets. They bid $1.7 million, but a hedge fund billionaire, Steve billion. Cohen, $1.7 billion, yes. Steve Cohen has made a top bid of $2 billion. And Jeff Wilpon wants to sell to the Alex Rodriguez J-Lo Group, if at all possible. So they're bringing in more investors to get more money. Kind of odd here that uh, players who've ended up on one side of labor negotiations could suddenly end up on the other side of labor negotiations, saying everything they used to not believe. Not opening their books, but whatever. Yeah, I
2: don't know how much to say. They'll have that depending on the minority uh, shares that they have. I don't know how that works. But there's other players. I saw Bradley Beal's name associated with yeah. that. A Rod and J Lo. They've been uh, trying to do this now for a little bit, and it's all about money. I mean, if, if I'm Wilpon, I send it, sell it uh, to the most, uh, the, the best, the highest bid. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So make as mo- much money as you can. It would be kind of cool if A-Rod and J-Lo, the power couple, maybe the ultimate power couple, if they uh, ended up ownership. And then all these uh, other players, because there were several of them. You just read two names, but there was a whole bunch of players' names. Active players, too, in different sports. As I just said, Bradley Beal. Yeah. You're, you're most likely going to make money when you buy a franchise. I don't know that I don't know necessarily they're buying it to make money, though. I mean, because to me, I was if my owner was the number one priority, if I was a fan of fill-in-the-blank, if the number one priority was to make money, you're probably not going to be as competitive as you need to be.
1: You would think. That seems to be how it, uh, how it goes most of the time.
2: Yeah, most of those folks, they've made money through other ventures.
1: DeMarco Murray is also in that group, uh, yes, one of the many is. athletes that A-Rod is, uh, is bringing out together. Of
2: Las Vegas, yeah. yeah.
1: What's the split on Mets and Yankees fans in New York, given you a little bit of time living there and going back and visiting? Is it 80-20? Is it 70-30? I mean, the Yankees are a bigger deal, but how much bigger?
2: Ooh, 80-20 seems pretty big. much. yeah. yeah. 70-30? Yeah, I mean, you're dealing. I would, I, would think that wouldn't be that much. Uh, obviously, the Yankees been around much longer and have had way more success. But there's so many folks there too.
1: Well, the total it's, number of people would be huge. But I just wonder, by percentage, you know, how does it compare to a Dodger Angels split? The Dodgers are more popular. Um,
2: but the yeah, Angels but have plenty of fans. Then they're also an hour apart too. Yep. Here they're not. It's it's not even close to an hour. It would be more like Clippers uh, Dodgers oh. thing basically or uh, not Dodgers Clippers Lakers oh. but I don't think I don't think that I'm, t- I'm talking about proximity but I don't think that it is like Clippers Lakers Clippers Lakers really is 80
1: 20. 90-10? Yeah,
2: I think it was even more than that <laughs> yeah, 9010 well when I was there and we're going back yeah. Clippers they had a good team here and there Larry Brown they were pretty good. And that's another example of an owner who didn't seem to be interested in anything but profit. And if you own a sports team and you're interested solely in profit, you're probably not going to be nearly as good as you could possibly be. And if, if you're a fan of that team, then that would really suck. I
1: wonder what the biggest split is, Is it or the most even split. Is it the White Sox and the Cubs? Yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't uh, I haven't lived I've in, Chicago. in Chicago. I'd have to talk to Klauki about that, maybe. See if he had a a feel for that split, because yeah, the, the Giants are way more popular
2: than the A's. Yeah, but I also think like it's whatever matters as far as winning, too. A team that's winning. As far as the Mets, there's plenty of fans. That's not the issue.
1: What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Brett Sancia, Pick 6 Previews, is going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. And Steve Cleveland, our basketball and, and now really our life insider. He's really morphed, PK. He's way more than basketball. He'll, he'll break out the stories. I don't know which ones, but he's got good ones. And they'll come up at uh, 9 o'clock this morning. He usually joins us on, uh, on Mondays, but he had another appointment, so we uh, bumped him a day, and he will join us later today. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Big show. It's a big deal. With- Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
1: Chris Mannix joining us this week live from the bubble. So I guess, how's it going down
0: there? Well, it's daily testing. Stay in your room for the next six days. If you come out clean, you are allowed to kind of roam around a little bit. But they don't want you going anywhere. If you want ice, they'll bring it to you. They don't want you stepping outside of your door. Do you think it's appropriate the measures you're having to undergo? Yeah. An outbreak of a team could ruin everything. You could have teams that were forced to go home or recalibrate entirely and ruin the integrity of the postseason. So what the NBA is doing their strong measures, but I don't think they're inappropriate at all. Erring on the side of caution is the right thing to do. The Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: DJPK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right. Well, the news coming out yesterday, late yesterday, was at BYU the traditional... Media Day was already gone, but we're going to have one kind of an online virtual media day. Lots of people answering lots of questions, but the biggest questions can't be answered right now, PK. So they've postponed it. they got to figure out what to do with the schedule. Uh, Week one, I guess Tom Homo can call Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma State, Alabama. They all suddenly have games available.
0: Army's available now with Bucknell.
1: Yeah. Iowa State, Week 2. West Virginia, Week 3. Anybody up for a trip to West Virginia, Week 3? A lot of question marks out there, but uh, it's going to take some time to answer these.
2: Yeah, I would be up for West Virginia since you're going to be going there here soon anyway in the next couple years when they invite the BYU to join the Big 12.
1: Ah, I see what you did right there. Nice.
2: (laughs) In my dreams. (laughs) Exactly. I'd really love to see that for the Cougar football program and basketball program and really their whole entire university. It'd be such a shot in the arm. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, it would be fun to fun to dream about and think about. Well, you can dream about
1: those uh, half-dozen games, and Notre Dame the last week of the season needs a game right now. So we'll just see what the ACC does, how they plan to handle this, what the SEC and the Big 12 are going to do, and you got to kind of wait for them to figure out what the next step is.
2: Yeah, you know what all these things mean to me as far as it's like a kid who signs a free agent contract – in football, he's not drafted. Everything is made good. You can sign the contract, and they can invite you to camp, and you can plan on it. But whether you actually make the team or not remains to be seen, and I think that's the same thing. You can discuss as many possibility of games as you want with whatever opponent you want. But then once you do that, then you next question is, will they even be in a position to play the game? And that is the most important. It's the same thing. You get signed by the Raiders and it looks good, and you go to camp, but do you make the team? That's what matters, you know, and you don't know that until you get into August and the final cut comes before a week or two before the season, and then if you made the team, although then, too, then you're not even sure because Trevor Riley told a story that he was with uh, Miami, and it was, I think it was over Labor Day weekend, and they gave the team off, and... He didn't receive a call, so that meant he was going to be on the team. And he goes in there, and then he finds out that, yeah, he did make the team, but they ended up picking up somebody else who got cut from another team. So then Riley was out the door on that one, if I have the story right, which I think I do, and he told me that story. So, you know, you, even even when you think you made the team, you may not. And I think there's some parallels here with the virus as far as actually being able to play the games, so I don't worry about BYU getting games. I really don't think that's the issue. The issue is playing the games. That's the issue, and I don't know what's going to happen there. So I'm not going to even begin to speculate. I'm not going to. I'm just on the fence on that because I don't think people want us to come on here and say you got no chance. Your sports not going to be played. It's doom and gloom. Because I think that just leads to one thing, and that's click. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can get that from the other stations. So for here, they want more of the sports angles, so they'll get that. It's a shame that the BYU-Utah thing can't be played, and I know a lot of youth fans, and I don't think there's that many of them. I think they're a small minority who scream and yell about never playing BYU. Yeah, because they're not playing it. Uh, being around both programs leading up to that, I think that the players enjoy it, and it's about the players. It's about what they enjoy and about making them – have the best experience that they can have at their particular universities and the programs that they're in. And in my mind, there's just no doubt that the players enjoy the game. They enjoy playing the game. Beating BYU for Utah is a lot of fun. You can just see it. You can see it in their eyes and their voices and everything about them. And, yeah, they got conference games that are more important. We understand all that. So do a lot of programs who play a rival that's not in a conference. It's not that big of a deal. In that way. Yeah, we understand other games are more important, but the players and the kids love to be in those situations. And I feel bad for the seniors, and obviously, particularly the BYU seniors, because they will have left without ever beating Utah, as many seniors have in recent years, and they want another shot at it. And of course, you do. But it's not going to happen, and I feel bad for the participants. The fans, well, you'll be a fan next year. So, And then when they take a two-year break and then come back, you'll still be a fan in three years unless you're dead. right? And then if you're dead, you're not going to care whether the, your team wins or loses anyway. I don't think. I don't know.
1: Probably. <laughs> but probably. I'm guessing. I don't know
2: how, don't know how that works. Uh, no one has told me on that. And so all I hear is people say God doesn't care about sports. My I think, how do you know? When's the last time you spoke to God? So, uh, not sure about that either way. But I feel bad for the seniors who won't get this opportunity to participate in a game that they really enjoy participating in.
1: Well, the, uh, you, you mentioned you know, the other games that are played like that. One of the uh, possibilities for BYU, you know, if everything holds, is uh, Iowa State week two because Iowa, Iowa State went away. That's another in-state game that's yeah, yeah. a non-conference early one that's uh, always a big deal. When I flip it on, and you see it once in a while. It's like Colorado, Colorado State. It's not something I watch all the time, but I know they play early in the year, and there are years I've ended up watching it, and it's, it's pretty crazy.
2: Oh, I watch it all the time. Yeah, As long as I'm not out golfing i will watch that game for sure. Yeah, I've been watching it for many, many years. Uh, well, I knew uh, a lot of the Colorado State folk uh, because of uh, being over there every single year. Sometimes twice a year, if uh, the teams had home games in football and basketball. At the time, they did. Everything was home and home, so you're always there, and you, you knew. And, and Sonny Lubick, you know, I, I would actually end up talking to him. Couldn't been nicer, nicer of a guy. Love I I love Sunny Sunny Lubick and rooted for his success big time because he would recognize you he may not know your name but he recognize your face and I've seen this guy somewhere and when you got your credential hanging around your neck they know why you're there and so we would talk we would chat a little bit talk about football and uh, so you end up watching and end up rooting for the guy because he was so nice to me anyway so yeah I would watch that every single year. And now I feel like I, I, I need to watch it because Utah is obviously playing Colorado and Utah State is playing Colorado State. So that's a must watch for me. Uh, but yeah, those, those games, I think they're, I think that kids enjoy the rivalry. They enjoy something special, particularly for Utah, which since they've been in the Pac-12, traditionally has played a very soft non-conference schedule.
1: So it's the highlight of uh, the early part of the season, the first quarter of the season. Because the Highlight isn't playing the Big Sky team or whatever Mountain West team they're they're scheduled to route.
2: Yeah, or Northern Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just... Uh, right, it's not...
1: BYU's going to have the most juice out of those... Yeah, BYU's going to have the most juice out of those three games. It's not going to be close.
2: No, it's not. Not at all. No. You know, when you're playing in Michigan, they played the Michigan, the, the couple of year offs that they had there. And going forward, you know, that, that could change a little bit. But I still think... The players enjoy playing the game. And with that in mind, it's a shame that they don't have that game this year. And I think it's a shame for the state because I think it brings the state publicity. I don't I don't think there's any question. I think most college football fans recognize that a BYU-Utah is something different. And especially now, even more so now, if you want – a bang for the buck, you're going to get it more so by playing it at the beginning of the year because it's not going to get lost at the end of the year.
1: The end of the year, there's a ton of rivalry games, and at the start of the year, there's a handful of made-for-TV games. So usually, when you're on, you're the best game that's on right then, whenever you play it. They do tend to play it on these Thursday night openers. But even if they played it on Saturday, there'd probably only be one other decent game at that time.
2: Right, and... People are itching for college football because we haven't had it for eight months or so. And there it's back. And so playing it, it's like the Colorado Colorado State thing. You know, part of the reason I think that it has been noteworthy is the time that they play it, which is early in the season because they both have their respective conferences, obviously. Um, And it draws, at least for me, and I'm a college football guy, and particularly obviously a Western region guy, it draws interest. And I think BYU Utah draws interest, and then, you know, there has been a few uh, Utah blowouts or Utah easy wins. I think Utah last year. I don't know that I would classify it as a blowout, but it's been it was a you know relatively easy win. There was not much doubt there. But there's also been some really intense, crazy games. No one can argue that uh, that it's come down to the end, and just the unexpected has happened. And you're just uh, as a fan. You're just extremely thrilled about it. It's a great, great rivalry. It's a great rivalry in just about all the sports. You know some of the um, sports that don't get the publicity, I'm not as sure. But I know for me, uh, you know coming up uh, from uh, Arizona, California, you knew about BYU football. And you knew you knew about the basketball programs. I didn't know Jack about Utah ba- football, not at all. I knew literally nothing about it until I got here. And you knew about the basketball programs. And I gotta say that first time I walked into whether it's the Huntsman Center and the Marriott Center, I can't remember which, and those two teams were scheduled to play each other and you walked in, it's like whoa.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, and and one of the first games I saw, I don't know if it was the first year or the second year I was here, but the Utes won on like a free throw line jumper right at the end at the Marriott Center. People were so into it. And I didn't really have... I knew a little bit about the Utah-BYU football rivalry, but I didn't really know that much about basketball. And man, people were just going nuts. And it was like, okay, well, that was... And it might have even been the conference opener. Maybe it was like the third conference game, but it was way early. You know, there was so much basketball to come, but it was such a peak experience. People were just fine. It really
2: was. And I had covered uh, Pac-10 basketball in two different spots, Arizona and Los Angeles. So I had exposure to the best rivalries there. And this thing was better. It wasn't just the same. It was better. In my mind, it was better. And that's coming with a complete and total Pac-10 bias. And to see these two teams go at it and their fan bases, all things considered, it was better than any rivalry in the Pac-10 at the time. It absolutely was. It was just incredible. The intensity from the from the second they not even went out formally, but when they went out to shoot uh, before the formal pregame practice, the fans, the students, and all the Huntsman Center. You know, they're right there when they come out of the uh, visiting locker room. The fans are right to their right, and they're just jumping on these guys, the Cougars, left and right, and the Cougar guys are smiling. Uh, and then, and I, this is something I had no clue about either, and then when uh, when it went out on the road with both of those teams, the, the, the communities that they went to when BYU-Utah came to town in basketball, the communities got excited and that was, man, that was a lot of fun. And I did that for 10 years. Well, actually, uh, 10 years for Utah and then four years for uh, BYU. So a total of 14. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved covering those games. You know, After a while, the travel got to you. But the, once you were in the stadiums and arenas, it was awesome. A whole heck of a lot of fun. And it was way fun to cover, particularly in the basketball. Some football too, for that matter. But basketball was so intense because it's it's closer, it's more enclosed, and you know, from the football perspective, to not have that, I just th- I think those who don't want to be don't want Utah to do it. I really think you're missing the boat because it is something that gives your program a shot in the arm.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's been these, you know, this first decade in the in the Pac-12. It's easily been the biggest of the three games. Now they're they're scheduling name teams. Who knows how good they'll be when they get there, and what kind of sizzle that'll have, and how that'll impact the rivalry. But you know, the rivalry is always going to be fueled. These teams are always going to have a a pretty significant portion of their players who did grow up locally. You know, And if you've got a quarter or a third of the roster, plus you got guys who you know you played against them the year before and you're bringing something from that game. Now, when you break for two years, maybe you'll lose some of that. But I still think the local guys will drive some of the passion, and especially when you have local coaches. It's going to drive the passion.
2: Yeah, I don't think you need any of that. I think just the fact that you play each other is going to be good enough. All that is nice. It didn't. They didn't. Well, they skipped one year because they ended up playing in a bowl game, uh, but it, it picked right back up where it was. Uh, the fans are still going to care. The the the, they'll, it, the players can come and go, but the fans are going to be there. The coaches can come and go, but the fans are going to be there. And when the fan and the media is going to be there, and the media is going to hype it at all times, every time, so it'll always be there. And they'll feel it, they'll know about it, and they'll revel in it. I mean who doesn't want to play? Everyone wants to play in front of a sold out stadium yep. and you want when there's time for interviews on Tuesdays, you 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 see the a regular Tuesday, you'd see ten people there. Well it's people Utah and now you got twenty five in terms of looking for interviews. And it's just more fun that way. The more interest, the more excitement, the more fun. And you feel it when you walk out on the f- field for your pregame, 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 and then the actual pregame. By that time, the stadium is more crowded and you're ready to go. And it's something that these kids love. And there'll be no youth fan who says they shouldn't play the rivalry will be able to convince me otherwise because they're not suiting up. They don't talk to the people. They don't know. They don't know how excited these kids get to do. And now for Utah, yeah, let's beat them, what, a 10th time? Whenever that 10th time comes about. Yeah, it'll be it, it's it's exciting. It's it's a break from the norm, you know. If you're playing Alabama or Ohio State, yeah, I got you there. But I don't see where Utah is scheduling those teams anytime soon.
1: It's Baylor, and that's nice. Houston, Arkansas.
2: They're, yeah, they're all fine, but they're not BYU. True story. Right, and the emotions won't be there, and the fun. Every time you win a ball game, it's fun. There's just You only got 12 of them, and no matter who they beat, we go at the, at the Rice Eccles. You can hear them jumping up and down and singing and screaming and carrying on, and then they always release it and put it on social media now so you can see uh, a couple of minutes of the coaches' post-game speech, and they sing the fight song, whatever it is they sing. It doesn't matter who you beat. You do that, and you, you whoop it up. You're probably not going to go 12 and zero, so why not whoop it up 10, 11 times if you get that opportunity? Great, uh, but when you beat your long-time rival, which gives you separation too. I mean, there's really, uh, really only SC that can say that. I mean, Stanford. I, I it seems like they scheduled Notre Dame schedules Stanford for recruiting purposes rather than a long-time rivalry. I had a friend who was a big UC Los Angeles fan. And he went back one time, this is years ago, when the, the Bruin football team was playing at Notre Dame. And he said that people, Notre Dame fans and all, he said they were so nice to them because they had one thing in common they hate USC. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good to see you guys. Tell me how much you loathe the Trojans.
2: Right. So they had that in common uh, and that SC, SC, everybody's a rival of SC, but in terms of SC acknowledging who their rivals are, well, it's the Crosstown team and it's Notre Dame. It, it is. I don't think Stanford has it, but I don't think it's to the level of SC,
1: well, they haven't played for high stakes and taken stuff away from each other often enough. That's. I mean, it's
2: not as long.
1: Yeah, and that's that's. It's, it's what,
2: long, but it's not as long.
1: Right. That's what that's what gets it going. You take away something they want. You wreck their great season at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, depending on when you're playing. I mean, the, the, when they yeah, play,
1: they played great right? games. They played great games in October. The Bush Bush game was an October game. That was certainly a great one.
2: Yeah, because well, if it's in South Bend, it's in October. If it's in. Coliseum, it's in the end of November. Uh, And you know about it, and everybody else adjusts for it. So it's huge. And that's what Utah has. And now it's not the level of Notre Dame SC nationally. I'm not saying that by any stretch. But it is something that, at least around here, people recognize. And for the rest of my life, when those two teams play, I'm going to be trying to watch it. Whether Obviously, I'm not going to be doing this job forever, so I won't be there in person, as I have been all these years. But it's going to be on television. And wherever I am, hopefully at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, because that means I'm in Hawaii or something, uh, I'll be watching that game. Yeah, because it, it just matters. And it's such a fun game. My gosh, it's so fun. And particularly now, you don't have the two coaches that hate each other to the level of Bronco and Kyle, And I think we've seen less shenanigans out on the field. But we've seen some hard play. And we've seen some great games since they've been independent and the uh, Utes have been in the Pac-12. We've seen some great games coming right down to the end. And it's as exciting as it can be. And that's fun.
1: Stopping the two-point conversion. The U winning that game. Stopping Taysom Hill. The best finish.
2: Well, what about the crazy one with the 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 three times of the field goals?
1: Yeah, (laughs) storming the. I mean, that might be the pure storming the field again.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but that was as bizarre as it gets. I mean, come on, that was so unusual. No, that never happens. That never happens, and yet it did. No one could have predicted that.
1: Am that, I right? That was pretty weird. I mean, that was not, not anything you could predict. The funny thing is, it just. How many times does a crowd do, almost lose a game for you? Yeah, it's just, I, I just don't expect college kickers to make those relatively long. Although, I guess the last one wasn't that
0: long. It was in the 40 yard range, I
1: yeah, think. Yeah, and, and I just don't expect college kickers to usually make those pressure kicks.
2: There's a
0: reason why there's a hashtag but it
2: was college still crazy. kickers on social media.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's.
2: that's yeah, tough. but at the same time, you know. Be a Utah kicker kicked it way longer and won the game for them.
1: Yeah, it's true. The 55-yarder the, the so. by Chris Jurgensen in 93. Yep. And I definitely didn't expect that either. I line it up like, well, okay, and take your shot. I guess that's the theory. At 55, there's no pressure on you because you're not supposed to make it, and it makes it easier. It's like your theory on taking shots, you know, throwing up a 30-footer at the end of a quarter. Well, you got to shoot it, so you, you, know, you just let it rip.
2: Yeah, I guess to some degree. But nevertheless, I'm thinking that the kid thinks he's gonna make it and he did. And for BYU they they didn't, but it was still crazy. And Utah set the record that'll never be broken, and it'll never be tied. Most times rushing the field in a game. That's three. Three times. Three times. That is that's the ultimate record. It'll never be broken. They'll hold it. To me, that's more impressive than being the original BCS buster. <laughs>
1: Because a couple of years later, Boise State came along and busted the BCS, too.
2: See, it could be done again. Well, it was going to be done. It was just a matter of who was going to do it, right? So here, you didn't expect it, and yet it happened three times. And the only way it happens is a BYU-Utah game. It does not happen Utah-Stanford. It does not happen Utah-Oregon. Fill in the blank. Utah-SC. Does not happen. Whoever the best teams are in the conference at the time, I just picked three that have been on top for a good while and have had their moments. And it's you don't do it that many times because they didn't do it. I don't even think they did it at all. When they, Stanford, I think, at the time, if I recall, folks came out on the field. Yes. Uh, were,
1: yeah, you're right about that. That. That,
2: was, that was a big win. Stanford's top five and all that. They were... They were going. They were flying pretty high at the time, and they had the nice defensive stance at the end of the ball game. Right down as Stanford drove down the field, so uh, that I guess maybe you could do it. the The next the next biggest win, the thing that the only thing that the Utes haven't done, outside of winning the Pac twelve thing, and in, in, well, it's had been in uh, Santa Clara. Now it'll move down to Vegas. Uh, is that they haven't won in the Coliseum against SC? It's the only thing they haven't done. They've won every place else, right?
1: Yeah. Well, as they, as they as had, as had as that football blowout football. win at Oregon with the trick punt thing, and obviously they just had the big win at Washington. Yeah. So, yeah, they've, they've won f- at
2: Washington more than once. They they won before.
1: They won at they ASU too, before. right? They got one win at ASU. Oh yeah,
2: they kicked the crap out of them on a on a Thursday night, I think.
1: They got think mul- multiple wins at the Rose Bowl.
2: Yeah, that's no big deal. Yeah. I mean, they they they've owned that. Uh, Cal, yeah, I guess series.
1: the the Cal series. I don't think they've won in Berkeley. They got stopped on fourth down at the goal line, and they uh, well. In one year, they played in the baseball stadium. You got to sit down there at home plate, which was down off the corner of the end zone.
2: Oh yeah, you felt like the field was uh, <laughs> way over there, miles away right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Multi-purpose I actually, facilities. <laughs> I watched the game on the television. Yeah, because it was so awkwardly uh, situated. Well, it was with like the baseball that baseball press box behind yeah. home plate, and the field ran from the right field line out to left center, and it was way out there, and it just was it was awkward, and it was a horrible game too. The youths weren't prepared to compete at that level back then. And plus I think the World Series was on then and I was ended up watching that too, because it was a snooze fest out on the field.
1: Yeah, it was like thirty to three or something. I remember Kyle's face yeah. walking across the field. He was not happy after that. Three hours of getting right. dragged up and down the field there.
2: By Cal no less. Right. Yeah.
1: Just getting dominated. That was a that was a bad one. All right, DJ PK, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Going to talk with Brett Ciencia from Pick Six Previews. He's got his previews out on the Utes and the Cougars, and we'll talk with him coming up at the top of the hour. Stay with us.
2: Now let's get this party started.
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Craig Boljack Knowing Mike's got to pick up some of the scoring that we're going to see missed by Boyan Bogdanovich. What does Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell on the court together look like in the return? Donovan needs the ball. Mike needs the ball. And Joe is going to bring the ball up the floor in different scenarios. The biggest key is that if Mike and Joe and Donovan all understand that in different scenarios they're going to be the, the guy. And then the other guys have to be able to continue to move. And when the shot Open, they got to hit it. You don't make up 20 points easy, right? With Bogey's uh, absence and a 41% three point shooter. So Conley becomes even more important. I think this team's prepared, I really do mentally, and almost with a chip on their shoulder in a way, is to come back as one. And that's what it's going to take to really go deep into the playoff. Hanson Scouting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280, the zone in the zone sports network a little extra time on your hands it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time what did you watch last night with dj and pk on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network too much time on my hands too much time on my hands
1: Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. PK, what were you watching? See anything good out there?
2: Uh, A couple things that really stood out at me. I saw the Jazz sent out an email uh, usually, what they're going to have if they have anything on that particular night, and it was going to be the Rockets Bogdanovich uh, three-pointer at the end of the ball game to beat them down in Houston. And, uh, I think we were watching. Was I watching? It? I think I was watching it with you, at Channel Two that night. I think that. Was yeah, I Sunday. think so. I have to go double check. It seems to recall that we were we were both uh, in the Channel Two uh, newsroom when that went down. Literally, <laughs> when it went down, and so. I didn't watch the whole game, but I did watch the last couple of minutes because I wanted to see it again. You know, it's fun to see. Guy hits an improbable three-pointer to win the ball game, And uh, the thing that, thing that struck me is, and it's such an exciting finish, right? And it's on the road, which somehow makes it just a tad sweeter. And it's against a really good team, against Houston. And Houston, uh, P.J. Tucker had hit the three with 1.6, and they think they win. And, you know, it's funny, you look at the coach, D'Antoni's like, whoa, 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 guys, I mean, come on, I got, let's get in the huddle. You know, we've got to come up with a defensive plan. That, that's a coach, because he knows that the game is not over, and the players want to celebrate. But the thing that struck me is when that shot goes down, you see all the players, whether they're out on the court, the other four guys, um, particularly and everybody on the bench, they all run towards Bogdanovich. And they're whooping it up, celebrating like crazy, because it's an exciting moment. So my point is that when that shot goes down, there's no, I want the ball more, or you're selfish. You didn't look to give me the ball at the rim when I was rolling, blah, blah, blah. We knew nothing about the virus at that point. But the point being that the conflict that is existing between Mitchell and Gobert, nobody cared. Everybody was one. Didn't matter who you were, where you were from, what you looked like, what your individual agenda was. Everybody was one, and they were celebrating and forming a circle and trying to smack. Uh, bogdanovich in the head and rub his head and do all that stuff and jump up and down right we see it we all know it. we can visualize if we don't visualize that particular thing we can visualize something else and it, it, it could be at a junior high game or a city league rec game it doesn't matter when that happens everybody becomes one so the point being as far as these two and this unsalvageable stuff that we heard a few weeks back it's a bunch of crap just win And not only is it salvageable, and not only will you get along, you'll practically be blood brothers at that point. Because when that shot went in the hoop, that's exactly what that was. Everybody, the same reaction, the same jubilation. And as long as you can win, you'll get that. I didn't see it last
1: night, but I saw that shot somewhere about a week ago. And the thing that I hadn't realized at the time, and there's so much going on, and they come out of a huddle, and on you know, a wide shot, you don't know, notice everything about the bench. But Mike Conley wasn't in the game, it didn't look like. He came off the end of the bench for the celebration right. shot. Yeah. But it, like you yeah. said, he wasn't worried that he wasn't in the end of the game. I don't get the shot, I'm not in the game. The smile on his face, because it was such an improbable shot. I mean, they all know, they've probably seen Bogey do crazy stuff in practice. But still, that was that was improbable.
2: Yeah, basically sandwiched by two defenders. And he makes it, and you can see Gobert getting a potential tip. Now the timer run out, and then you uh, and they show it. And since you know it's going in, you can look at something different. You don't necessarily have to look right. at the ball yeah. because you, you you already know how the ending is going to be. And then they show it. I think it was uh, Craig and were calling that game, and you, you listen to them and and uh, be able to watch different things because. You don't need to watch the ball because you know it's going in. And I did see Conley. Yeah, he was at the far right. Of course, they're all standing up in that situation. And immediately, every single person connected with the Jazz. Widest, biggest smile you could possibly have. Right? <laughs> Just as, as, uh, as were fans who were watching the game, I'm sure they had a ton. And you and I and, and the Channel 2 folks that work on the weekend, we were all there. And we hooped and hollered. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, any time that happens, it's a lot of fun. We talked about yesterday, you know, winning a game on a Hail Mary. Well, hitting a three like that is not as improbable as a Hail Mary. But nevertheless, it's still pretty impressive. So as long as this team can figure out ways to win, all that other stuff really doesn't matter. It didn't matter. I didn't see Mitchell pouting. And as you said, it didn't, you didn't see uh, oh, Conley, Conley.
1: Conley was Conley was thrilled. You can see it on his face. Like, yeah, yeah,
2: right. And Joe, Joe was Joe tends to show emotion anyway, but he's showing it. Niang, he's pumped up. Everyone was. So my thought is, find ways to win, and all that other stuff becomes so secondary.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. We're talking college football, pick six previews. Brett Ciencia, very high on the Utes last year. What does he think of them now? We will get to that next. Stay with us.